Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 137. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Howdy. Hi there, Alex. Great to hear from you again. And boy, am I happy today because I got my vaccine shot earlier. And uh, this is the second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine shot. So I just have a few more weeks till I am, uh, you know, ready to go with the immunization, but... It's done. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, feeling good about it. Uh, we're slowly trudging our way out of this pandemic for some parts of the world. And uh, I guess kind of related to that, the pandemic in and it, of itself is actually having related to do with uh, some comp- competitive Pokemon aspects today for our show. And that is uh, you know, us talking about the 2021 Taiwan National Championship. Now, I remember even the, these last few episodes, we were wondering, you know, that's probably happening soon. That's probably happening soon. But we we did some deeper research into this and found out that uh, obviously you can tell I have not been keeping up with the scene as much anymore. But we found out that the Taiwan National, which was originally scheduled for May 22nd and 23rd, which was this past weekend, was postponed a few weeks ago. So on uh, May 11th, there was uh, this was announced that the event was going to be postponed due to a rise in COVID-19 cases in Taiwan. So there were tighter uh, pandemic measures. And this uh, event has been tentatively postponed uh, for an announcement on June 8th, whether it's going to be postponed or canceled. So Alex, I know I gave this region a bunch of uh, flack for, you know, complaining about their one world's invite from this tournament, but I'm kind of, I, I am sad to see this postponement of this event, given uh, we're, we've, we're kind of sick of seeing postponements of anything at this point. Yeah, yeah, we just gotta, like, I guess we're, we were being hopeful, thinking that maybe it was time for, you know, parts of the world to be able to return to uh, live events at a larger scale. Uh, but sadly, that's uh, not quite the case. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to keep, I guess, waiting and seeing if uh, a little bit further down the line, maybe in a month or two, um, they'll be able to, uh, you know, actually do these tournaments safely. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, as you had mentioned, Stephen, you're getting vaccinated. I've already, or you're, you've just got your second vaccination. I'm, I'm already uh, fully vaccinated. Like we, uh, we're the, the whole world is going to like, you know, slowly. Uh, move our way there, and then eventually we're going to, you know, be able to get back to normal, hopefully. So, uh, at the very least, we're uh, slowly marching there, and um, though this tournament was canceled, I still feel like there's progress being uh, made. So, at least we got that going for us. Yeah, so for the players in Taiwan, I am I am very sorry about this postponement. I wish we could all play in the, wish you could all play in this tournament. So, we'll see what this announcement comes on June 8th. That is a Tuesday next month. Um, only like two weeks away at this point, honestly. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. So best of, uh, luck to everybody in Taiwan and, uh, just getting through the COVID pandemic. So the Taiwan national has been postponed. So we'll see what happens with that in the future. Other than that, we're going to, you know, talk, just plug some more tournaments that are upcoming. Um, Alex, one of those, the, actually this weekend, you know, just a few days, maybe it's, maybe it's started or happening already. That is the Smog on VGC 2021 major. It is already time. It's the end of May. Boy, oh boy. It is here. Yeah. I'm excited for this one, Steven. This, uh, this is going to be a very large tournament, as I have been saying. And, uh, I mean, I've even got like some, uh, preliminary numbers here. We've got like already 413 or so like signups, you know, it's probably going to keep going up. Of course, this is a uh, free tournament and, uh, as I've heard uh, with, like, Smogon tournaments, there's a lot of people who will, of course, just sign up because it's free, because they just, like, 
think they might want to do this, but then, you know, chicken out, have second thoughts, or plans uh, fall through. Uh, so there'll be a lot of no-shows, but regardless, uh, this is already shaping up to be one of the largest um, online tournaments we've had during this, uh, I guess, like, COVID-19 pandemic time. And so that I think that's going to be one of the reasons that I think uh, players should uh, maybe look to compete in this one. It's just to, you know, take part in this. Uh, like, it's going to really be a battle of the best of the best because, you know, it, everyone's going to have to work really hard to get there. I know that as tournaments get larger, you uh, you might, you know, have a wider variety and uh, range of skill. But, like, regardless, there are so many games to be played, so much, like, at stake. It's it's uh, it's going to be awesome. And, um, like, uh, as we mentioned before, it's going to be all on Showdown, so... Uh, a little bit of a different approach for people. I mean, it's at least a little bit more uh, accessible in that uh, aspect. You know, everybody can uh, just make a team on Showdown. You just got to make sure you make an account on Smogon and sign up and they do whatever all they uh, detail in their sign-up page. But uh, I think I'll be uh, playing in this one, and uh, I recommend you, uh, you listeners to do too. Cool, good stuff. Yeah, this t- tournament is totally about the accessibility with with it being on Pokemon Showdown. And, you know, with it being tied to Smogon, you know, the website for competitive Pokemon, mostly singles, but the, you know, just people being associated with this, it's, it's going to mean these players are going to be competent. So expect that for yeah. the major this weekend. That's going to be fun. I, uh, yeah, like, uh, like Steven had said, uh, just seeing Smogon, uh, you know, kind of use their big brand name, just like how much outreach they have to competitive Pokemon players in general, it, uh, it's really going to bring in those numbers as we're seeing. And so that's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, that is a tournament that is open to everybody to play on Pokemon Showdown. And our next tournament, which we've been plugging for the last few weeks, is the Hattering Series Tournament, which is June 5th and 6th, that first weekend in June. Um, this is the one that was formerly known as the Women's Tournament. This tournament is only open to women and individuals who identify as non-binary. Um, again, this was a rebranding of that tournament name to be more inclusive for all these people. And... You know, this is still, you know, an important tournament to have for a lot of these uh, marginalized uh, groups in the community. So, especially in the gaming community. So, looking forward to this one. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how hard it is to uh, understand that, Steven, man. Uh, <laughs> drama aside, um, definitely check out that tournament and uh, sign up for it if uh, you're eligible and uh, are looking to. It's going to be a great place. And uh, if you're not even uh, sure you want to compete, uh, maybe even just consider joining the Discord. I understand that that's a pretty... Uh, awesome space to, uh, you know, talk to other people like yourself and team build and just get an idea of who's in the community that, uh, you know, you might be able to relate to. So that's uh, really exciting. Absolutely. And especially with the way COVID things seem to be a lot more positive, we may be returning to live events at some point, uh, maybe later this year, maybe start of the next year. So it may be time to start, you know, getting back together in person and maybe you'll want to go to a live event. Maybe you need a friend to go with. So um, there is that opportunity there too to you know meet some uh, friends online. Yeah, yeah, that's a great uh, point, Stephen. It's gonna be it's gonna be so wild just when we return to uh, live events. Like, uh, I, I can't wait to see all the uh, new players that have come to the game that have been uh, you know doing so well online. They're gonna be storming the scene and uh, seeing who's sticking around, seeing old friends. That's gonna be great for us. Um, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to, and uh, I'm just trying to keep uh, thinking positive for the uh, future. Speaking of being positive for the future is we have some future dates for those uh, newly announced Pokemon games back in February for Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now, let's start off with those Sinnoh Gen 4 remakes in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. 
We actually did not get much more information on the games or anything really. We just got the release date of November 19th, 2021. So holiday release time, you know, typical Pokemon release for the holiday. And I think all we got is maybe like box art for the games. I don't think we had saw that before. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to say we had the dates and then we also have box art, which apparently uh, has gotten a lot of people talking. I don't know if you've seen the, the discussion around it, Steven. It's not that monumental but apparently if you uh really zoom in on palkia you can see that it has like fur fur so in hd okay (laughs) yeah they made it like they made it like really hd but like i just didn't imagine that palkia when made all hd would have fur okay i mean I'm trying to think, like, is it kind of like an otter? Because otters are in the water. You know, Palkia's water type, and I, I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm going with that. So weird. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of people have been making buzz about that because, of course, there's no other real news here. I mean, we got a date. That's cool. It's kind of the date you'd expect, you know, November release time. Uh, so there's got to be something to talk about. Let's talk about And then there's that box art, and people are jazzing that up, you know, making that into a story. All right. Fur on Palkia. How cool is that? Uh, but yeah, typical holiday release, so uh, we all expected that one. That's not the surprise. Um, the Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming out end of January in the following year, so January 28th, 2022. I believe we also got a box art for this game, too. And Alex, I we still don't know more details on this one either, but I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, again, also just trying to be optimistic about this one. Like It's going to be single player, so... Uh, hopefully at least that single player content is good. Uh, cause since, I mean, a large part of why I play Pokemon nowadays is to, you know, play with friends and, uh, play competitively. But, uh, hopefully it's got some good single player content. That open world aspect it really shines through. And, um, yeah, and like, hopefully it, uh, it, I guess runs well. Like, I don't know. Like, we saw a lot of, like, weird, like, laggy bits of it in the, uh, original trailer. I'm hoping that, uh, it, when it releases, it's, uh, running a little more smoothly. I think so. I think a whole year will do a lot to the frame rate and how smoothly everything goes. So they've, that's a still a, a decent, uh, development time chunk there. So it's gonna look, it's gonna look okay. Yep, yep. So that's really all the news we got from these, this past week, you know, just plugging the tournaments and the tight, the release dates for those new games, which is exciting to have. You know, Alex, that is, they did say, like, early 2022. I did not expect the January, though. I was expecting, like, uh, closer to February, maybe even early March. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, like, I mean, right as the year is kicking off, we're going to be able to uh, check this game out. Of course, uh, a lot of it's going to depend on uh, what uh, VGC is like at the time, Stephen. We'll either be playing, like, Series 11 or 12 or whatever yeah. <laughs> at that time period, um, or we might be playing on, uh, you know, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, we're still kind of in the dark on that, uh, waiting to see what they say. Um, I, I'm kind of like just getting mixed opinions. Like I, I originally just thought, no, there's no chance that we play on this, but I don't know. Like more people keep talking about it and it's just like, ah, maybe, eh. Like, I mean, VGC did kind of start on, uh, Sinnoh, like, you know, VGC, not exactly like, you know, live event competitive Pokemon, but, uh, VGC was, you know, born in Sinnoh. And so it'd be kind of fun to play on their remix, but we'll again, just have to wait and see. It'll be a nice way to pay homage to that uh, origin- original start there. And I could totally see us being on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Definitely. it's uh, I could even see us like stay playing those games for a year. Maybe they'll throw us back to Sword and Shield for whatever reason. So, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know what's happening. They, 
They really can, just because, you know, conventions are out the window when it comes to Pokemon. Like, yeah, you cannot try to predict their next move. They will uh, catch you off guard. Last thing I want to mention about the dates is just that, you know, with uh, this being still within the umbrella of Nintendo releases, is how, like, you see these two dates, and then it makes you think, well, what other, like, big titles or other games are going to come around revolving around those two, right? So, there's still some room open in December, still room open after January. You know, we're still waiting on some pretty big titles if, you get, if you're catching my drift. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, we've got E3 coming up, like, in, uh, you know, the next month yes, or so. Yes, yes, yes. I don't remember exactly when E3 is. I don't remember the exact date of E3. I actually could Google that right now. It's probably uh, not too long of a Google. 2021 is the year, isn't it? June 12th, so that's a little bit over a month away. And uh, we'll see, you know, what companies are going out for that one, what aren't, because we are still kind of in the midst of a uh, pandemic, and they might do online shows. They might have less to announce because development's been a bit harder in the past uh, year or so. Uh, But regardless, there will be news there. So uh, when uh, that comes to be, we might get more information about these upcoming games, might get uh, other information about other cool Nintendo games that, you know, maybe Steven and I will talk about because we like to get carried away. Uh, Regardless, uh, that's uh, that's something to look forward to. but other than that, uh, that's really, as uh, Steven mentioned, that's probably it for the uh, kind of new stuff we have here. And then we have some tournament results to go over. Uh, something I want to mention at the beginning here is that uh, Steven and I still haven't uh, talked about, and we keep forgetting, uh, Japan Nats. And again, we don't want to make any uh, empty promises, but at, at some point, if we I can find um, a good summary of like the results and such... Um, we, we might be able to talk about it, but, you know, back in uh, Series 8, they had their first stage of their qualifier, which was just the uh, IC that we were all competing in to qualify for Players' Cup 4, I believe. Right, Steven? Does that yeah, sound correct? Yeah, that's right. I remember that. And then they already did the, uh, the next stage, too. The next stage, which was in Series 9, uh, where they had the, uh, I think it was the 50 players that, or either they were 50 or 150, something like that. Um who qualified through the IC, and then the uh, 150 or 50, whichever number, uh, who qualified through their... What was the name of that tournament? That, like... Uh, oh, I don't remember the <laughs> I name don't, of it, Steve. We I don't either. It, weeks it was... Ago. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, there was some tournament that happened back in the uh, fall of last year that uh, also qualified people to enter in this stage of the tournament, which was, again, uh, it was a, like, you know, a, a best of one, kind of like an IC, but more so like one of those, like... Uh, I think those like three hour ones. I don't remember exactly the number of game uh, limit, which is why, again, Steven and I might have to just come back to this and uh, cover it in the future. The only problem is, is that I haven't seen a ton of coverage on it. And uh, another thing is that a lot of the uh, players in Japan have been very uh, like secretive is maybe not the best word, but you know, they're, they're conserving the, uh, the, their techs, their teams. And so like even the winning team, I think the only thing we know is that the first place user used a Metagross. And so it's like, um, you know, there's not a lot, a lot to say about it since we don't have full detailed results. But um, if I'm able to find anything about that, we will cover it. Of course, I just wanted to briefly mention that here now because I keep forgetting it for the past couple of weeks. And if anybody out there is just wondering, like, ah, when are they going to cover Japan Nets? Uh, yeah, we're just, uh, we'll do our best. Anyways, um, that's enough rambling for me. I like how, I like how you can just uh, ask who won that tournament, and you just say Metagross. Metagross won that tournament. <laughs> it's true. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything else. Uh, Metagross was, in fact, the winner. Uh, which, honestly, is, like, noteworthy in itself. I didn't think Metagross was doing the hottest in uh, Series 9. It's, like, an alright pick yeah. right now, but uh, I remember 
It, uh, it, hits, it hit hard times at one point. Anyway, uh, we have some other tournaments to talk about. Uh, Rose Tower, there was a tournament past uh, in the past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, it was like on the weekend of the 15th, so uh, not yet, yeah. not last weekend, but the weekend before. Yep, yep. Um, that we uh, missed covering because, uh, yeah, whatever, we'll, uh, we just kind of... Uh, drop the ball on that one, but we uh, we got it here for you now, and we'll talk about the results as they are still kind of relevant. You know, meta meta doesn't change that fast, right? I mean, it kind of does, but kind of doesn't. Uh, and that was won by none other than Adrian Hurley. This was uh, the Rose Tower Challenge number one. Um, that was won by Adrian Hurley, who I believe goes by Colding Light online with a team of Dragapult, Terrakion, Venusaur, Torkoal, Porygon Two, and Urshifu Dark Type. Yeah, we've actually seen this combination of six Pokemon before. Uh, unsurprisingly, it's a very good, it's a very solid team, very solid core. And I think uh, Adrian even won, what, what was that? Like, I remember his name distinctly winning another important tournament. I feel like Adrian's been doing well uh, as of lately. So, um, yeah, the, definitely a name that we've seen up there in the top of the uh, results. Some uh, recent tournaments, again, uh, <laughs> this is just something that I'm uh, mentioning to you, Steve. But like, man, there's so many of these online tournaments that it's hard to keep track of them all, you know? So, like... Uh, I do believe you. I do remember that sounding familiar, but like, oh, I don't remember specifically which one. Yeah, but just going back to this, to uh, Adrian's team again, is there is a, again, a lot of flexibility here. You've got really fast Pokemon, you've got a Trick Room option, and just a really strong Pokemon in the metagame right now. Terrakion's probably like the one thing that stands out here, uh, which could be probably replaced by a whole, a whole ton of different Pokemon here. But all these Pokemon together can uh, definitely cause trouble, but... Uh, just solid team in general. And uh, Adrian won over uh, Vichy Vazwedan, uh, Vazwedavan. I, I actually don't know how to pronounce Vichy's last name. Flying Falcons 7 is uh, Vichy's username. And uh, yeah, I always refer to Vichy as just Vichy. Um, Vichy had a team of Moltres, Galar, Kartana, Milotic, uh, Reggie Drago, Indeedy Female, and Whimsicott. Um, for those of you that know Vichy or Flying Falcons, this is uh, not very surprising, as uh, Vichy likes to just use Whimsicott and go, 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 go. The most offensive teams you can find. And uh, this is honestly a pretty scary one. I know that the uh, Reggie Drago uh, can really mow through teams. The Kartana, I know, has a life orb. Uh, this is just very up Vichy's alley. It's uh, looking to kind of uh, take care of you in, <laughs> honestly, is about as few turns as possible as long as tailwind is lasting they want to you know knock out as many pokemon as they can yeah you just have those few supporting pokemon otherwise like there's the big big time attackers that just want to you know destroy you with the dragon moves or kartana with its massive attack and moltres can just compound all sorts of special attack damage so there's a that's a very like offensive looking uh team there now, as for other teams, uh, Steven, let's uh, both scan the field and see if there's any other ones that we want to talk about. Like, I think it's worth mentioning, uh, we see from both uh, uh, Wanma Adriazola, uh, Odriazola, again, sorry for pronunciation, with a team of Landorus, Therian, Tapufini, Kartana, Marowak Alola, uh, Porygon 2, and Grimmsnarl, uh, as well as Kyle uh, Geffner uh, at North, who we've talked about before, with a team of Urshifu Water, Rillaboom, uh, Marowak Alola, Celesteela, Porygon 2, and Grimmsnarl. Both of them representing the Marowak Alola. I'm not sure if there's another one in the top cut. No, it's just the two of them. But, um, yeah, really, really, uh, interesting. It's a, uh, decent Pokemon into the metagame right now, as we've seen a lot of uh, results from Regieleki as of late. Wow, wow, wow. Hold on. Hold on, Steven. I would say that now, and I actually don't even know if I see a single Regieleki in the top cut. Oh, yeah, none in the top 16 here. Let me see. Scanning, scanning. Uh, I got nothing. 
Which is so crazy, because if you uh, look at the uh, next tournament that we're going to be talking about, spoilers, Victory Road, uh, there are seven out of eight in the top uh, eight. <laughs> Good so, um, so they all this, went over there. This Pokemon is very hit or miss. I mean, that, that was on a uh, different weekend, isn't it? Uh, oh, that's true. True. Uh, different weekend. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I guess it's a very hit or miss Pokemon, depending on the metagame. And maybe all the Regieleki got shut down by the Lightning Rod Marowax of these uh, two players. Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, like... Uh, the, these are just solid teams, you know, with uh, good Pokemon, Porygon 2, Grimmsnarl, uh, just b- on both of these teams, rounding them out and giving them good defensive cores to, uh, you know, set up the trick room, set up the screens, keep your Pokemon alive and going. And uh, yeah, Marowak Alola, we've talked about it before, but it's uh, a pretty awesome Pokemon, you know, it actually gets to use those uh, defense drops from Max Phantasm for itself, if it sets up the sun... Uh, it's not only both bolstering its own fire moves, but, you know, reducing its uh, weakness to water. Um, and then it has, like, a solid, like, you know, Max Quake from Bone Meringue, um can give it a pretty good coverage option and boost its uh, special defense. So it's a, it's a all-around just a really incredible hard hitter that uh, also doesn't contest for an item slot since it's often running, or almost always exclusively running, that uh, Thick Club item. Right, yeah. I have nothing more to add about the Marowak. I just want to point out how, you know, this was a turn, the Rose Tower tournament here from two weekends ago was more about the Regidrago and Registeel. And as we'll soon get to it for the Victory Road one this past weekend, that's more about Regieleki and others. Um, one other team I just want to talk about before we move on here is one of the players who made top four, and that is Megan Hyman. Um, is, oh, that's a, that's a Blastoise, I think, in the first slot. Yes, it is. It is a G-Max Blastoise. Megan's team is really bomb. Um, That's uh, Pink Sylvie, and uh, I I think Pink Sylvie tweeted out the team uh, if you want to check it out. But otherwise, uh, Stephen, go ahead and uh, talk me through it. Yeah, so uh, that is a Blastoise, Thunderous, Incarnate, Rillaboom, Landris Therian, Regidrago, and Registeel. So this team is wild. Just looking at those six Pokemon, that is a uh, wild team. Um, You got Blastoise there to do, you know, that compounding G-Max residual damage if it gets that cannonade off and you have a really solid pokemon in the thunderous and landris they're together paired and uh real room's great support pokemon good for terrain control and you've got the reggies that the two different reggies that you wouldn't expect together um just doing their thing you know massive special attack damage and the reggie steel can be a terror to deal with in the end game yeah they uh this megan was using uh the support thunderous in this case you know that uh Eerie Impulse Taunt, and this one actually had Substitute as uh, one of its uh, prankster status moves. Uh, this was a Scarf Reggie Drago. The Blastoise was actually Support, uh, not Shell Smash, as people might expect. This one had Hydrokin and Yawn Helping Hand and Protect. Uh, Landorus was just the normal Lumberry set, an AV Rillaboom, and a, of course, Iron Defense Body Press Registeel. Uh, and I don't know if I mentioned the Scarf Reggie Drago, the Scarf Reggie Drago with uh, Fire Fang and Hyper Beam, uh, just because, you know, all you really need is. The, your dragon energy and your Draco Meteor, and you're good on dragon moves, I guess. Uh, so, uh, can mix it up a bit in those last two slots. Uh, regardless, a, a very awesome team. Like, there's just, there's so many cool picks on this. I had, uh, I remember as soon as I saw this, I was like, I need to get some games in with it. I have, uh, not yet, but it's a, uh, a team that just, and like, the, the full paste is out there. Um, you know, uh, Pink Sylvie did, uh, tweet it out. So if you wanted to just take it as it was run in the tournament, you can, and, uh, just, you know, pop it into showdown um and maybe even run it in the tournament this weekend as we had mentioned uh, in the small ground tournament that, that you know you can just take any team and that's in your showdown builder and run it in that uh it's pretty cool anyway i'm getting sidetracked uh steven this team is just incredibly awesome 
Yeah, definitely agreed. Like, I love the unconventional choices on this team. You know, Megan is really just someone who, every time we see them get really high in the tournaments uh, with really strong finishes, they're always these really unique and unconventional choices on their team. So it's really awesome thing to see. And this is a, it's, it's just awesome to see that because you're in a metagame which we've been around for so long. You'd think it'd been a little bit more stabilized, but... Uh, it is kind of all over the place right now. And I think that's one of the things I actually love about Series 9 right now is we're still, you know, making a metagame development in progress. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's some other interesting teams in the top cut here, but I think we're going to uh, move on to the next tournament that uh, just happened over the past weekend. Oh, Alex, before you move on to that one, I just want to get in the yes. point that this uh, Rose Tower Challenge, which was the May 15th and 16th, um, you know, that was two weekends ago, is uh you know the most recent tournament they had i believe and then their next upcoming one for the rose tower circuit has uh, actually been postponed so that is this upcoming weekend it was originally for this upcoming weekend um their clash but that was postponed due to a time conflict with the smogon major that we talked about and you know you predicted this a few weeks ago how with all these online tournaments happening you know a lot of people are gonna be stepping on each other's toes and i think it's really cool that rose tower made that decision to move their clash to a different date yeah, yeah, it's just awesome to see, um, like, I'm happy that we have all these uh, options, these, you know, different uh, tournaments that we can compete in, but it's very different when it's online versus uh, IRL, you know, like, you want to have multiple big events going on on the same weekend when, you know, not everybody can travel all over the country, but when you're online, uh, and, you know, anybody with an internet connection can enter it, um, you know, then it's just kind of sad to see when a bunch of tournaments are, yeah, like you said, stepping on each other's toes, conflicting with time. And so seeing Rose Tower bow out to the uh, Smogon tournament, which is going to, you know, already put up incredible numbers. Um, it's good to see that they won't be, you know, stealing any of those away. And uh, we can see the Smogon tournament achieve its true potential. Just, you know, get so many players. Um, yeah, that's uh, really respectable. Totally. And uh, before I cut you off there, we were going to transition over to the Victory Road Qualifier number four out of five. There is one more to go for that one before we start heading into their grand finals, which will be in early June. So let's talk about the some of these top finishing teams. And this one started with 120 players. And this was, again, the, the tournament with an open information throughout the whole thing. And this one was, was won by Victor Medina, who otherwise goes by Torviv, with their team of Rillaboom, Clefairy, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Regielecki, Spectre, and Glacier. So, Alex, I believe we've seen these six before. It's really well, well-rounded. well Clefairy helps bolster all the defenses on this team. This team has a lot of offensive potential, a lot of uh, damage output, and there's just uh, so much to be threatened by here. Yeah, it's the double-boosting horse. I mean, we've got Nasty Plot, Spectre, we've got Swords Dance, Glastrier. They're uh, often going to be, you know, next to that Clefairy, so the follow-me support allowing these Pokemon to boost up before they Dynamax and sweep your team. Uh, we've seen uh, Victor Medina win uh, one of these VR tournaments before, uh, and that was actually the one that uh, Victor won over me back in Series 8. Um, and uh, again, just showing why uh, he's a top player, uh, one uh, definitely to be uh, reckoned with. You know, this, uh, uh, I think we saw, honestly, the first time, I mean, like, it, it's hard to credit a, uh, a, archetype to a single person um just considering that you know people use things all over the place but um i remember seeing uh none other than uh bingy use double horses in the uh global finals um of players cup two 
if I remember correctly, Steve. And I think Bingy used a very similar team to the one uh, Victor Medina's using here. And we see Bingy, um, Bingy Wang or Wang Bingy, uh, who goes by Kokoro online, uh, with a team of Rillaboom, Landorus Therian, uh, Reggie Alecki, Gothitelle, Glastrier, and Turdinator, uh, take second place here. Uh, this is, um, Honestly, really, really fun, and we finally get to talk about this Pokemon. Um, I don't know if we actually have on the podcast yet, Steven. Terminator, have we talked about it yet? Oh, oh gosh, I remember the story. You remember you mentioned it as, like, one of the reveal Pokemons for a trailer uh, back when the Alolan games oh. were coming out? Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. about that. No, 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 I just meant have we talked about it in VGC? Oh, competitively? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I do remember telling that story on the podcast. Yeah, it was revealed on the way to 2016 Worlds, but... um. Yeah, that, this Pokemon has done nothing in VGC ever since its grand reveal. Uh, and honestly, I think it's been a pretty poor Pokemon uh, altogether in uh, singles, too. It's definitely not uh, some dominating force over there. But uh, Terminator finally finding its place, um, you know, using a set that, honestly, I mean, it's just kind of like pick and choose your uh, the Pokemon that you're putting this uh, copy-pasted moveset right. onto. It's, of course, <laughs> Iron, De- Iron Defense Body Press. Um, you know, we see that from Registeel, we see that from Ferrothorn, uh, I think there's at least one other Pokemon I'm forgetting, Steven, what's the other common Iron Defense Body Press Mon? Um, uh, maybe there isn't, maybe it's just those no, two. No, I can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe there was a third one in the, uh, the competition, I know that, uh, como does it kind of fun, you don't see it a lot in the metagame, but como at least has the stab on that Body Press. Regardless, Iron Defense Body Press is a strategy that you are definitely familiar with if you play VGC. Uh, it can be a deadly way to close up an endgame. And, uh, you know, Ferrothorn and Registeel, they were already, like, you know, doing different things than each other. Ferrothorn had that, you know, Leech Seed, but it had that quad weakness to fire. They both had pretty good uh, special defense, um, which is something that Turtonator does trade. It doesn't have as much special defense as the other two Pokemon. Um, Registeel had that, you know, clear body ability um, and just a pure steel typing. Turtonator has two things that I think are worth mentioning, maybe even three, uh, going for it that I think makes it stand out from the other Iron Defense Body Press mods. That is one, it has the ability Shell Armor. So that means that it cannot be critical hit. Uh, and if you are tired of dealing with Urshifu, especially if you're using these Iron Defense Pokemon, uh, this is a great way to stop them in their tracks. Um, Surging Strikes does like 2% each after you have like an Iron Defense of. Like it's, it's really laughable damage. You're healing it all off after leftovers. It's, uh, Really crazy, and uh, with how much Urshifu we see in the metagame right now, it can stop them completely in their tracks. Uh, the other two things I want to mention about Turtonator is that it is also a fire type, which means that it can't get burned. Uh, we see um, a lot of, uh, you know, Will-O-Wisps being targeted at Registeel, at Ferrothorn, to not only cancel out their leftovers, but to reduce the damage that they're able to do with Body Press. Turtonator, being immune to uh, being burned, has that going for it. That's pretty cool. And then lastly, uh, it has access to fire moves, which can be pretty cool for hitting, you know, Pokemon like Kartana that are using Sacred Sword to ignore your defense boosts. And specifically, Terminator is using Burning Jealousy, which is a good move for punishing Pokemon that want to, you know, maybe Swords Dance next to you as you are going for your Iron Defenses. Um, and so it's honestly all around a pretty decent Iron Defense Pokemon. I mean, obviously, Bingy was able to take it all the way to second place here, but uh, it's not uh, it's not some kind of joke, not kind of some kind of meme. This is a real Pokemon. Yeah, Big G's always been about these unique choices as well, you know, with their, like, Palkia back in the 2019 Ultra Series stuff, with uh, Durant back in the live events of uh, early 2020, and now with Terminator. You know, I wonder, 
you know, based on everything you said about Terminator, whether that's something that's going to might pick up for the future of the metagame, I don't know yet. But one thing that we've uh, been noticing uh, that has been picking up within these last few weeks, too, is Gothatel, which is also present on Benji's team here. So I just want to talk about the Gothatel. Um, again, just mentioning like how powerful that shadow tag ability is, you know, trapping all the Pokemon who cannot retreat, um, and how Gothitelle have a, lo a lot of them have just switched to running three support moves and fake out. So actually, uh, I really think that's really smart because Gothitelle, I think it, through its entire history has just been a support Pokemon. We've never really seen it do anything offensively. And I think that having fake, uh, getting its fake out, it added to its move pool this generation has been incredible for it because, you know, typically if you run a support Pokemon with four support moves, if you get taunted, that's uh, going to be a nightmare for you, uh, unless you have Mental Herb or something, right? But uh, if you are taunted and you have um, Fake Out, you know, the worst that happens is you're just going to having to keep press Fake Out and just get the message, but it failed, but it failed, but it failed, and you don't have to worry about struggling. So this is just an incredible, you know, set for Gothitelle with Fake Out plus your choice of like three support moves on Bingy specifically. They have Trick Room, Helping Hand, and Taunt, and there's like two more in the top eight of this uh, tournament in Vi uh, Victory Road that have like uh, your choice of like Trick Room, Helping Hand, Taunt, or Hypnosis. So there's uh, a lot going for this Pokemon right now, and uh, I like these choices. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, it wouldn't be, uh, it would, I think it's my responsibility to mention that, uh, Steven, do you remember that uh, that competitive Gothitelle from Worlds in 2018, I think? Um. You know, I mean, we we do like we're a bunch of VGC boomers here, and of course, a lot of people that listen to this might not uh might not have been around when we uh when that was happening. But uh, it would I feel like it's our responsibility to bring up those old stories, man. Yeah, if you remember right, that was my off year, so I actually don't really know about that one. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, yeah, there was a uh, Gothitelle that made it to I think top four at Worlds in 2018 uh, with the competitive ability. Uh, I remember that being a nightmare for uh, Emilio, as uh, I believe Emilio had double Intimidate in Incineroar and Landorus. Uh, so, uh, Competitive Goth has actually had a decent run at um, at Worlds. But yeah, let's... Um, right, just kidding, then. <laughs> let's talk about... It. No, 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 no worries. I, I mean, like, honestly, Shadow Tag is the way to go. It's not a very... Uh, I honestly still don't think it's a very good Pokemon offensively, but I just remembered that one story. Uh, of it and uh again like i was mentioning i feel like it's my responsibility to mention it because we uh we are a bunch of vgc boomers and we have to talk about the past i guess um let's talk about uh, some of the other teams that were able to make it far into this tournament uh we see Tarn birdie with uh you know a team that uh he's been running uh rillaboom togekiss urshifu uh let's double check on that form uh water um urshifu water uh regialucky Gothitelle and Landorus Therian. We also see the same team from Marco Silva or Marco Fierro. Um, yeah, both of them making it uh, pretty far in this tournament with this team, but we've kind of already talked about it. Uh, Aiden Jackson also has a pretty interesting team. Uh, a bunch of Pokemon that I feel like you don't see uh, anymore. I mean, uh, I just got to ask Aiden what metagame they're playing because uh, this is a team of Serena, Talonflame, Gastrodon, Regieleki, Tapacoco, and Regirock. Yeah, so there's some synergy with the um, Electric Surge, you know, setting up Electric Terrain for Regilecki to do some uh, more electric damage. You know, Regilecki also has Rising Voltage. Um, the unique thing from this Regilecki is that it knows Screech, so it's going to help to lower the defense for some of the other physical attackers on the team, like Talonflame, Regirock, Serena. Tepacoco is also running Wild Charge and Brave Bird. 
So there's all kinds of uh, like nice synergy on this team. And then uh, Serena has the option to hit use Trop Kick to activate Regirock's own weakness policy. And Trop Kick, I believe, is a move that lowers the attack of the target, but it's not going to... Regirock won't uh, care about that because of clear body. So a lot of uh, fun synergies on this team. Uh, and just like you mentioned, you know, a lot of Pokemon we don't see much anymore. So they're making a little cameos here. This is uh, really crazy. Uh, honestly, this is one of those teams that... Um... I'm going to say that, you know, it's not going to be as easy to pick up and use as some of the other ones. Uh, I'm sure Aiden has a very strong understanding of the inner workings of this team and how to make it uh, function. So, uh, but if that interests you, if you want to use uh, a bunch of these Pokemon that you've never really seen in competitive play, uh, check it out. The uh, of course, This is, of course, on VictoryRoadVGC.com uh, if you navigate to the uh, results for uh, the qualifier number four. And, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, teams that I think are worth mentioning is, uh, Arash Omadi. Um, some of you people might know Arash, of course, um, as a, uh, former world champion, but, uh, with a team of Ferrothorn, Incineroar, Tapu Fini, Cresselia, Tyranitar, and Excadrill. Uh, this, hon this honestly looks like straight out of 2018. Yeah, maybe we even saw some version of these six in a previous tournament, because this also seems really familiar to me for some reason. Uh, within like Lele did use something like this. Yeah, within like 2021. So this is uh still cool to see doing well. Again, like I'm trying to look through these results here. Uh, not seeing any other Tyranitar or Exadrill. It still has a place in the meta game. You just gotta play really well with it. And uh, again, just gonna mention that it struggles with all the Intimidate out there, with a lot of the other common Pokemon out there right now, which is why you ha see it having a, a lot of seldom appearances. Now, uh, Alex, a lot of the top teams. In this tournament, as well as even like the last few Victory Roads and uh, what was the other one? Rose Tower tournaments we've been uh, seeing and talking about. Um, I've not seen like, I don't know what it is, but the community has, uh, the metagame has seemed to move on a little bit. Not move on entirely, but from Dusclops and Porygon 2, I mean, we have a whole slew of them here in the top 16. There's like, I don't know, five or six in a row here, but those are still really strong Pokemon. Maybe they're just too passive for a lot of people and uh, players right now and what they're running. I don't know what the deal is. I gotta say, uh, so Steven, Dusclops has definitely fallen off, but Porygon 2 is still on the up and up and up. Um, we actually saw quite a bit of it in the last tournament that we were talking about, the Rose Tower one, and it did win it. Oh yeah, it did win, um, yeah. So Porygon 2 is... Porygon 2 hasn't gone anywhere exactly, but Dusclops definitely. Um, I'm not sure what exactly is the main factor to Dusclops. Um, you know, Spectre is pretty common. You don't see a lot of Urshifu Dark anymore. If we're in the topic of trends, uh, metagame trends, Steven, um, pretty much everybody is using Urshifu Water. Even on teams that you really, really might think it's going to be Urshifu Dark, they are using Urshifu Water. Um, yeah, like pretty much every team I am clicking here, it's just like, oh, that maybe could be a dark. No, that's a water one. Um, I've even seen teams that have like Tapu Fini already for like water coverage and a water type, and they're still opting to have the Urshifu water. Um, I'll mention briefly, like, uh, just why that might be the case. And that's, uh, I guess because, you know, of course, the, the two primary Intimidate Pokemon in Cinderor and Landorus, uh, you are able to just surging strikes crit right through them. And, uh, you know, that means that, um, yeah, just like hitting them super effectively through Intimidate uh, can help your team gain a Pokemon advantage. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say on that. But um, yeah, other than that, Steven, are there any other uh, teams in the uh, top cut here? I guess, is it a top cut of 28? I don't really know. Uh, I had 120 players. Yeah, Maybe that's right. That's right. Ah, whatever. 
Uh, anyway, uh, you know, those X and two cuts can end up being rather large. Anyway, um, otherwise, I don't have a ton to say about the other teams. We see some of the, uh, you know, those one-off Pokemon that you're bound to see, uh, like Galar, Zapdos. Uh, we see one of those chancy Shuckle teams from, uh, from Mogar. Uh, Mogar, of course, known for using t- uh, teams like that. Um, Weezing Gigas, yeah. A bunch of just, uh, you know, one-off things that didn't make it all the way, but are still, uh, nonetheless respectable teams. Yeah, a lot of uh, other colossal stuff. Still, sun teams running around. You know, Torkoal Venusaur things. Then there's this. There's just these standard mixes of teams with a solid group of six. There's some of these standard mixes with Garchomp thrown in. There's a there's a good variety of uh, different team archetypes in this uh, top cut, and just even uh, even in all these tournaments. I think that's what this format has really allowed for us. Yeah, and uh, I gotta say, I don't even know if I've said it on the podcast up to this point, Stephen, but man, I really do not like this format. Uh, maybe I have said it, uh, but one of the reasons I haven't been playing VGC as much lately is, uh, and I've we've talked about this before uh, on the podcast, and I maybe shared this opinion before, but, um, and you, you were saying that you enjoyed this, that, you know, there are so many different things that are viable in the metagame. I think that that kind of leads to things being a bit messy, and it, it's really hard to cover everything. And so, uh, personally, I, uh, like, I, I'm going to be trying to play in the Smogon tournament, but other than that, I have not been forcing myself to endure any Series 9, as it can just be a slog. You know, you, you build a team, and you're like, okay, I've covered everything except, oh, oops, I forgot Spectrier. And then, you know, you try to round it out to beat Spectrier, and you're suddenly losing to, you know, the random Sand teams, or, you know, Moltres, or something. And uh, it just feels so hard to cover all the different archetypes when they're all so threatening, all so viable, also potent. So, um, I don't know. Again, like the, the people listening to this don't, you know, compl- take my, uh, my uh, opinion as, you know, fact. You know, this format might, uh, definitely be, uh, easier than I am making it out to be. Uh, there's definitely a lot of people who are probably just saying, like, no, Alex, you're just bad. You know, you get, gotta get better at the game. And that's probably <laughs> true too. But, um, like, I, I, this is just my, uh, personal take on the metagame right now is that, man, it feels really hard to cover everything. I can feel that, you know, just being just us analyzing all this stuff these last few weeks, you know, we've seen a ton of different teams. So I, I get that take, but I, you know, again, like I have not really played much because what incentive do I have right now? I didn't play for the, I didn't play the Players Cup 4 qualifier. I don't have availability to play in any of these weekend tournaments. So there's uh, nothing much I need to be doing right now, personally. So I'm just like kind of sitting back, relaxing, you know. This is, uh, I'm just watching a movie, really, and taking a really passive approach to this. Steven, like, uh, I mean, it's probably good from a spectator perspective where you are kind of at right now, you know? Like, you, every weekend when there's, you know, uh, some weird new Pokemon or, you know, completely different archetypes winning the tournament, it keeps things fresh for sure, I would bet. Yeah, now that you bring, now that you bring that up, you know, I could see how every weekend I would be able to pick those out easily but if you're like on the maybe daily grind practicing every day you see the same stuff or maybe all kinds of random stuff all the time you know you can get kind of annoying when you can't cover everything yeah yeah um other than that i don't know uh anything else that i want to say about the results of the uh vr tournament uh i guess this coming weekend they they do i think they're doing them all consecutively right so this was probably competing competing directly with the Smogon tournament, will be their uh, last fifth qualifier. Um, honestly, uh, I don't want to, like, you know, throw shade at VR, but uh, I would definitely not recommend playing in this one just because the Smogon one is 
free. It's going to have a lot more people in it. And if you hadn't played in any of the other, uh, you know, four qualifiers for VR, um, you know, you probably don't have a great, great shot at qualifying for their final global whatever circuit uh, finale thing that they call it. Um, but yeah, they do have uh, one last tournament going on this uh, this weekend before they round out their, uh, what is this, the Spring Series? Yes. Yep. So the final one of the Spring Series, if you're on the cusp of qualifying, uh, then yeah, go play it. Otherwise, I definitely want to just, you know, give my personal two cents, and that is that you should uh, spend zero cents and play in the Smogon tournament. All right. I think that's a smart idea. So... Again, people, even though we recommend certain things, you are free to do as you choose. So play what you play in what you want to play in. And anyway, I think this by the time this comes out, you know, you'll have already made your choice. So it's too late. So just have fun playing True. your tournaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even uh, even with all the stuff I said, how you know I'm I'm very laid back right now. I'm not even playing much. I don't have an incentive to play right now. You know, I am very much looking forward to that one push, that one key, that trigger. That'll get me back in the game. And that's going to be like, you know, the inevitable sometime at some point we're going to go back to live events. It may be looking a little different, but that'll be that switch for me. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, it's, we're going to see what happens when when that comes around. And, you know, maybe there will be some kind of crazy interesting development for Series 10. I mean, like it is going to be the first... The, the the double digits, right, Steven? So <laughs> maybe they'll do they'll go all out, make the format actually uh, really interesting for that one. I don't know, or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go back to an old one that they've done before. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Well, Alex, I like where our heads are at. You know, we just got the meta game to go through here. Series nine is a endless, endless, endless ton of fun. So <laughs> we'll see where this uh, meta game goes, and we'll see where Players Cup four goes, and we're gonna see where the rest of these online tournaments go. Uh, all of them are going nowhere because we've been stuck in this cycle forever. But anyway, I think that's going to be a wrap for us. I'm going to quit rambling, get everybody out of here, and just say, Alex, thank you for being here today especially. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be here, man. And uh, thanks for uh, talking with me, Stephen. Of course. Thanks for talking with me too. So that's uh, going to do it for us for this one. I'm going to get into our uh, place where you can find us and such. So you can email your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, vgchopperboys at gmail.com. You can tell your friends about the show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. You can find us on all kinds of different podcasting platforms, some of the highlight ones being Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Remember to leave us a review to help us with visibility so that others can discover the show. And you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at the hyper voice lastly you can follow the two of us personally on twitter as well you can follow me at super morioka and alex where can people find you you can follow me at lexicon vgc very good that's a wrap thank you the listeners so much for listening we really appreciate it and stay tuned for more of the hyper voice alola